you give God another hand clap of praise in the house? Matter of fact, just look at somebody. Tell them, I'm glad he rose. I'm glad he got up. If you would do me a favor, if you would turn with me to John, the 20th chapter, John 20, the 20th chapter, looking at verses 1 through 10. John 20, looking at verses 1 through 10. Once you got it, somebody say, I got it. If you ain't got it, say, hold up, Rev. All right, I'm holding up. John, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Ask that you all would keep us in prayers, myself and Pastor Tag Team, on the sermon topic. Give God his props. Won't you join me in a word of prayer? God, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your hand. Thank you, God, for your power. God, thank you, God, for your word. Now, God, in Jesus' name, we ask, God, that you would grab a hold of myself and my brother. God, you, God, would knit us together, God, in your grace. And God, as we share this word, God, speak to us and through us. God, you are the promise keeper. Promise the deliverance of the preached word with power. Lord, your people will be delivered. Your people will be set free. Save somebody. Heal somebody. Deliver somebody. Set the captive free. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Look at somebody tell them, give God his props. Give God his props. Many of you all know that I'm a photographer, professional photographer. Uh, and as a photographer, I have become more and more aware of how important it is to use props to help visually tell a story. Props help you to see an idea come together without taking away from the subject, but adding and enhancing to the overall image. Props help to develop a succinct narrative that compels those viewing to clearly grab a hold of what it is that's being translated. Props also help to give life to a story and are many times great artifacts to describe the period of time and the culture associated with it. I, I, I love using props because they allow me to help others visualize what is taking place and it helps to add creativity to what it is I'm trying to convey. 
And, and I realize that we have to give God his props if we really want to understand the resurrection story. Because the scripture is filled with all kinds of props that have been used to help God create a picture that would stay in the minds of those who would read it. I believe God wanted us to visualize what took place without taking away from the main subject, which is Jesus. Uh, I, I took an inventory, uh, Pastor, of the props that I noticed throughout the text. Uh, they, these props are placed strategically because they help give us a better understanding of what was required for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In order for a resurrection, you have to have three props. It's in the text. You have to have a tomb, you have to have a rolled away stone, and you have to have burial clothes. Without these props, the death of Jesus could be in question and the resurrection of Jesus might have been lost. But with these props, God used, we move from death to life from grave to victory and from the end to a new beginning we move from the tomb to triumph we move from a rolled away stone to renewed success we move from burial clothes to a brighter conclusion so this morning if you don't mind we just want to make sure that we give god his props give god the credit for setting the stage and creating a lasting image that we can hold on to because each prop is important not only to the storyteller but each prop is significant to those of us who are being told the story and so the question for me as a preacher this morning is how do these props hermeneutically transfer into our life story today I know some of y'all missed that. I said hermeneutically. That's just a fancy word I learned when I was at Howard University Divinity School. That, that means how is it that these props from 2,000 years ago can have real meaning in our lives in 2022? So myself and pastor begin having this discourse, this discussion with God to help us see what lessons we can learn from the props that have been utilized at the resurrection. What we all want to know is how do we shift from the small tomb and, and move past a road away stone and then leave burial clothes behind so that we can empower, encounter the power of our Lord and Savior risen. And if you would give us a few minutes, I believe what God shared with us will help us to see why we've got to give God his props. Look at somebody, tell them, just give them his props. That's all you got to do this morning is give God his props. Can I, can I share with you the first thing I asked God about when the prophet said, God, why did you use the tomb as a prop to tell the story of the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ? And the first thing he told me, he said, you need to let them know that the reason I use the tomb as a prop is because your miracle is in the tomb. Uh, look at somebody, tell them, my, my miracle is in the tomb. He, he shared with me that a tomb is a place where there is darkness, there is there's isolation, and there is loneliness in the tomb. A tomb that's built to keep you in and to keep others out. A, a tomb, a tomb symbolizes someone's 
final resting place. Is there anybody here that is dealing with the tomb experience in your own life? Is there anybody here that feels like you're in a dark place, isolated and all alone and feel like there's no one that can help you get out of what you're going through? Is there, is there anybody here, I'm just trying to take inventory, if there's anybody here uh, that, that understands or feels like that there are things that you are trying uh, that are trying to keep you bound and trying to keep you trapped on the inside. Is there anybody that pressed their way to church this Easter morning in the midst of the pandemic after the loss of jobs and homes and friends and, and broken relationships one after another and all kind of heartaches and heartbreaks because Jesus is the only hope you have to making it out of the tomb that you're in. Well, I'm glad you came because I got good news because God told me, God told me to tell you that the tomb you found yourself in is where God performs miracles. In other words, you can't experience the miracle working power of God if you've never had to make it out of a tomb. It's when we feel helpless and hopeless. It's when we don't have the resources or the power to escape. It's when there's no visible way out of the tomb that we're currently residing. That's when God is able to perform the miracle that only God can perform. If money could do it, we wouldn't need God. If family and friends could do it, we wouldn't need God. If our spouse... experiences. It's when the tears won't stop flowing and the pain won't go away. That's when you find yourself saying, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other, no other help. I know as Christians, as Christians, we got to be careful to stop looking at the tombs in our lives as our place of death. But we need to remind ourselves on this Resurrection Sunday that this is that it's in our tombs that God can give us a brand new life. Romans 6.4 says, for we died and were buried with Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Is there at least one witness? that's here that can admit that there were some tomb situations that you thought you would never make it out of. <laughs> but when you did come out, <laughs> look at somebody tell me, I did come out. That you came out better. And you came out wiser. And you came out stronger. And you came out healthier. Tell somebody, you're going to get out this tomb. <laughs> And that's the miracle. That's the miracle right there because the tomb that was supposed to kill you is the tomb that will bring something new out of you. All things are passed away. Behold, we're becoming brand new. It's in my tomb. 
It's where only God can heal me. It's in the tomb where only God can rescue me. It's in the tomb where only God can touch me. It's in the tomb where only God can transform me. My tomb is not my resting place, but my tomb is my restoring and my resuscitating and my reviving place because God's going to restore to me everything. That the devil thought he took from to tell somebody I'm about to get out this tomb but while I'm here I'm still gonna give them praise while I'm here I'm still gonna tell them thank you while I'm here I'm still gonna lift up holy hands and give God glory cause my tomb is about to make me brand new Come on, somebody give God glory. Come on, somebody give God glory. Come on, somebody give God glory. My God, my God, my God. The second thing I want you to understand, the second thing I want you to understand is there's a rock star at the tomb. There's a rock star at the tomb. Scripture says that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw... Well, hold on, I, excuse me, I, I need to go to the top. But it says, it says early... On the first day of the week. I'm sorry, the Baptist in me said, early, Lord have mercy. On the first day of the week. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. There's a rock star, Lord have mercy, at the tomb. As we talk about giving God God's props and the props uh, that are here in this story, in this resurrection narrative, uh, that what I realize is that there are some props that God has been able to use in other places in Scripture. Uh, you, you, you see, in Scripture, uh, um, if you look at First Samuel, the 17th chapter, the 40th verse, it says, And then uh, David took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones, Lord have mercy, uh, when he was about to go and fight Goliath. You see, stones have been used as props before. You see, because God can use whatever God wants to use, whenever God wants to use it, however God wants to use it, to do what God needs to do. That God was able to use some small stones, some smooth stones, uh, to be able to knock down a big giant. Amen, somebody? Uh, but, but, but in this story, in this story, what we find is uh, that we go and, and we find that, that God was able to use a big stone uh, to be able to make a big statement. It's incredible to me that when I look at it, because the Bible says that Mary Magdalene uh, was going to the grave early in the morning. Uh, other, other areas in the Synoptic Gospels talk about, and she did not know, and they did not know uh, how they were going to actually get into the grave to deal with Jesus, because uh, they were worried about uh, how they were going to move the stone out of the way. Uh, you've got to understand that in that time, the graves were not uh, like you went to Lincoln Cemetery down the street. Amen, somebody. The graves were not uh, how you lowered their body into the ground, but graves were literally inside a cave. They were inside a hollowed out area in a cave and what they would do is they would put a big boulder, a big stone in front of the entrance to keep grave robbers from robbing the grave. And so what had happened was that they had put Jesus' body into that tomb. They had put the stone in front of it and so the women when they came and Mary when she came was concerned about how the stone was going to be rolled away. Because in order for there to be a resurrection, in order 
order to be able to have the testimony of the resurrection, you've got to be able to know that the body is gone. Amen? And the thing is that Mary was going because she wasn't going because she thought the body was gone. She was just going because she wanted to do right by Jesus in his death. But here we have Mary. Mary Magdalene goes and the stone has been rolled away. The stone has already moved. And, I, and I've come by to talk to somebody today because God wants to do a resurrection in your life. But in order for God to do the resurrection, in order for God to get the glory of the testimony, there are some stones that have got to be rolled away in your life. You've got some stones of hardened hearts. You've got some stones of hardened habits. You've got some stones of unforgiveness. You've got some stones uh, 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 of some locations and some places and some relationships you ain't got no business being in. And God needs to be able to roll away the stone. That in order for you to get whole, in order for you to get well, in order for you to get the turnaround, there's got to be some rocks moving in your life. That God's got to roll away some stones. Now let me help you here because what I like Pastor Stephon when I look at the scripture as I look at the scripture I told you all that God used props for David but God also Jesus also had, had gave allusion to this prop ahead of time because sometimes in a narrative what makes a good story is when you give an allusion to something ahead of time and it plays out later on. You know it comes back and, it's, and the music goes dun 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 and so here we find the dun 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 moment in the scripture because what, what I realized Reverend Bill is that Jesus on Palm Sunday Lord have mercy uh, y'all know Palm Sunday we shouted last week we told you not to lose your palm amen that on Palm Sunday when Jesus walked in and his triumphal entry and folks were saying Hosanna Hosanna folks were giving him glory and folks were giving him praise that when folks were sitting there and were claiming that he was the Messiah you had the religious leaders come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, why don't you tell them to shut up? And Jesus told them, if I shut up, the rocks will cry out. Actually, if you look at the scripture, it says the stones will cry out. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I've come by to let you know that Jesus wasn't talking about no smooth stones, but Jesus was talking about the big stone that gave the testimony that when Mary Magdalene came by, the stone rolled about the way the stone had to testify he lives he lives Christ Jesus lives today is everybody in here this glad that the stone cried out is everybody here glad that the stone said he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone that because I know the future that my life is worth the living just because he lives but the last thing I'm about of here uh, once you understand there was a rock star at the tomb the last thing you've got to understand that the tomb was not a closet turn to your neighbor say neighbor the tomb is not your closet the tomb not closet when we look a little bit later in the scripture Around verse 6, it says, And Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Now, 
I will admit that what's very interesting to me is that Jesus was a good son. How do I know Jesus was a good son? And how do I know that Mary did a good job with him? Because even at his resurrection, he folded his clothes. Have I got any mamas in the house that can shout <laughs> off for that? He didn't leave a mess, Lord have mercy, in the tomb. But, but he folded his clothes on his way up out of there. But, but the thing that excites me is that as Jesus folded his clothes, he understood uh, that he was not folding them for the tomb to be a dresser or the tomb to be a hamper or the tomb to be a closet. Okay, let me help you. Let me help you understand grave clothes. Grave clothes, if you look, because this is not the first time that prop was used either. If you look a couple of chapters ahead before uh, that Jesus pain man, his friend Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was dead. I'm talking about stinking dead. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was dead. Jesus came up on the scene. Lazarus' sisters were upset and said, look, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And he said, what? If he can still live. And Lazarus, Jesus called Lazarus out of his tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And when Lazarus came up and when, and when the folks rolled the stone away, and when Lazarus came up out the tomb, the Bible says he still had on his grave clothes. He still had on his linen outfit. He still had on uh, the clothes that had been wrapping him up. And Jesus told those folks who were there uh, to loose him, uh, to take off the grave clothes uh, so that he can go forward, Lord have mercy, uh, to be all that God has called him to be. Uh, somebody in the house today uh, that God wants to resurrect you. Uh, but when you come up out of your tomb, uh, you've got to get off your grave clothes. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, Lord have mercy. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus had folks in the tomb to help him get out of his. But the Bible does say that Lazarus needed folks to help him get out of his. And I don't know if you got a Jesus resurrection in which you immediately get set free. Or you get a Lazarus resurrection in which you get up. But you still got to get some old stuff up off of you. But I've come by to talk to somebody today to say that whatever way it is, I don't you put it back on. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see. Jesus understood that with Lazarus, he was going to need some folks to help him get up out of what he had been wearing. Somebody in the house today that God has set you free, but you're still dealing with the grave clothes of depression. But God can use a therapist to help you get up out the grave clothes. Somebody in the house today, you're dealing with the grave clothes of being broke, but God can use a financial manager to help you out the grave clothes. Did somebody in here, you're a young person dealing with the grave clothes, a bad grades, but God can use a teacher and a tutor to help you get up out the grave clothes. If I got anybody in here that can say, neighbor, will you help me get up out these grave clothes? Then I don't know what I've got to do. All I know is if God set me free, whether I get up automatically, whether I need some help, I'll use who God can help me to get up out of these grave clothes. 
I wish I had somebody would give God glory right now. Say, I'm getting up out of this mess. This outfit is so last season. This outfit is so last year. I've outgrown these gray clothes. They don't fit me anymore. I wish I had somebody that would give God a shout until the gray clothes fall off. Give God... It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Is that even though Jesus folded his clothes, he folded them never to put them back on. I told y'all that the tomb was not a hamper because some of us use the tomb as a hamper. We take off the grave clothes. But we put them in the hamper for somebody to wash them and put them back on again. Some of us use it as a closet that we fold it up and we hang it up to be able to wear it at some opportune time. But the devil is a liar. And I've come by to speak over somebody's life that you will not put it on again. That you will not go back to it again. That you will not have a taste for it again. And even when you look at the outfit and the outfit looks nice, you're going to be able to say, not again, baby. I won't wear it again. You will not catch devil. You will not catch me slipping in that same old mess. But if the whosoever the spirit sets free shall be free. Indeed, give God glory. If you won't wear it again, give God glory. If you won't go back to it again, give God a praise. If you won't deal with it again, that the tomb is not your closet, it's your testimony. And somebody, you've been using like a closet when it's supposed to be your testimony. That you look back and say, if it had not been for the Lord, that was on my side that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me to see the thing that I've come to understand about props is that God was able to use props plus Christ's passion to end up with power and if you can understand God wants to use the things in your life to shift the fabric of your life. That's when you can walk in what? I'm going to share this, and we're going to go right to, uh, to get out of here. And I just saw it. I had read it before, Pastor, but I saw it, God showed. He said, some of the reasons we don't get delivered out of our stuff is because we make our stuff a body issue 
when it's a mental issue. In other words, your body's here with me. But your mind, isn't it interesting? And I'm, 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 I'm preaching to myself if I don't preach to nobody else. Isn't it interesting in the text? It says that the linen that wrapped his body was to the side, but it says the cloth that was around his head was separate <laughs> than what had his body bound. Because <laughs> if I can't fix your mental, you'll always be bound by your physical. to deal with your mind. Somebody just put your hand on your mind. God, we come right now in this moment because there's been some physical stuff we've been trying to overcome. But our minds aren't free. But God, in the name of of Jesus take the cloth off our minds take the negative thoughts off our minds take the mental challenges off our minds take the depression off our minds take the suicidal thoughts off of our mind take the feeling of insecurity and inadequacy off of our minds and where our minds go that's where our bodies will follow God thank you for the deliverance of my mind the mind that's in Christ Jesus is the mind that's in me God thank you for renewed mind renewed thinking renewed way of talking renewed way of living renewed way of acting God thank you for a renewed mind and if you could leave it for yourself not for your neighbor if you believe it for yourself give God some praise if you believe it for yourself tell God thank you if you feel the deliverance for yourself give God a hallelujah somebody stand and just tell God I thank you that my mind's been resurrected God I thank you that my mind has risen God I thank you for a brand new Won't you stand all over the church, all that are able? Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. I'm trying to help somebody here. I'm not trying to get y'all to participate with me. I'm trying to get you to participate for yourself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 You set me free. Set my mind free. Set my body free. Hallelujah. When you set my mind free, you'll set my children free. Set my generations free. And the stuff that has gone on in my family for generations will stop with me. Because I got my mind right. It's not in my DNA. No, it's not. I rebuke that in the name of Lord Jesus. Poverty is not in my DNA. Unfaithful relationships is not in my DNA. It's happened for everybody I've known, but it don't got to happen for me, and it ain't got to happen for my children. We break that right now in the name of Jesus. We... Listen, all over the house, if you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, there's no better day to give your life to Christ than the day that we reflect upon his resurrection. This is the day that we celebrate what he did to set us free. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Y'all know why I love that scripture because it doesn't say for God so loved the church. It doesn't say for God so loved the saints. It doesn't say for God so loved the big Bible carrying people. It says for God so loved the world and all of its mess and all of its problems. That's why we say it every Sunday here, Community of Hope, sometimes a couple of times. We're the Community of Hope where everyone has a chance. We don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. Don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. When you get to the house of the Lord, you're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to be. And we believe that God's got a blessing with your name. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, if you are watching us online and you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life, today is your day. What better day than Easter? It would be a shame to be in a car with no gas. Make your way and get to the gas station and not pump yourself some gas and leave out tank still on E with no gas don't come to the filling station and not get full don't come to the place that can give you the power you need for your life and leave still headed in the wrong direction today's your day if you've never accepted Jesus today's your day if you already accepted Jesus but you need a church home 
We believe Community of Hope is a great place for you to come to be a part of all that God has for you. Or if, if you just have fallen back and you need to rededicate your faith, just say, God, I, I really need to reconnect with you. Uh, that if it's any of those things, today is the day for you to get right with God, whether it's here, whether it's online. If you're online, just type right there in the chat, or you can text Hope Decision to 474747. Come on, ministers. God bless you. God bless your heart. It's so good to see you. God bless your heart, mama. God bless your heart. If that's you, you're not saved. If you need a church, come on, make your way down to this altar. One of these ministers.